With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My thoughts, my opinion. Sports podcast. Yo, what it is? Welcome back to another episode of MTMO Sports Podcast, Doug. Chill. This episode is going to be dope, you feel me? Because I have a special guest. Um, He is so special that he has an inspirational story to tell us, you feel me? He is a New Jersey native. He is. Uh, he played both basketball in multiple countries and led the scoring uh, in multiple countries. He's uh, currently playing in Tucson, or he's currently playing in Portugal, my bad. Um, and he's also created a nonprofit organization to help people in need, man. So no more further ado, I'd like to walk with my special guest, Mr. Eugene Campbell III. Yes, sir, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. It's just blessed to see another day and blessed to do what I love to do, man. Oh, man, I'm blessed to have you on this show, man. I, like I said, man, I, I greatly appreciate you joining, man. And I, I think this is about to be like one of the dopest episodes ever I ever created, man. I'm blessed to be here and I appreciate you for having me, man. I can't wait to tell my story. Man, that's what's up, man. So you said you uh currently right now, you in Portugal right now? Yes, sir. So what's let, let's talk about that real quick, man. What's the weather like there? How 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 is the atmosphere out there right now? What what time is it out there? So right now it's currently about one a.m. But I, I usually stay up late because I catch my NBA games, so it's not a problem. Um, the weather is beautiful actually. The weather's been roughly sixty-five to seventy degrees since I've been here. Even in the winter time, it's still like 62, 63, The coldest. So I completely miss winter. I know, you know, on the East Coast, man, especially <laughs> Jersey, New York, Maryland, right. Connecticut, it's cold in the winter. Even though I've heard that it hasn't been that bad this winter compared to the previous one. But um, I definitely miss winter completely. Definitely <laughs> never had to wear a coat for the last eight months. Even in Tunisia when I was playing previously, weather was about the same, so... I don't think I wore a coat since 2021. <laughs> Crazy. What? And you come back and wear a coat again? Yeah, I'm coming back to, to the same weather that I left off at. So you know, I'm chilling. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So you said, you, like you said, you was you from New Jersey, from the East Coast, man. Um, let's tell the people. Let's paint the picture. What it was like to be in New Jersey for you? What was it like growing up in New Jersey? Growing up in New Jersey is definitely. Uh, 
the best experience I could have had because it made me the person I am today as far as my my mental toughness, just being able to handle a lot of obstacles. Uh, you got to be tougher to live in Jersey, especially in the basketball world. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jersey is very guard heavy when it comes to basketball. There's a lot of guards in Jersey, specifically guards. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, you're competing with people at a high level, you know, um, every day, whether it's an open run or a poem or some type of league that you're playing in. Uh, it definitely teaches you that grit. It definitely gives you that tenacity and that killer instinct that I carry with me everywhere I go. I carry that jersey killer instinct for every country I played in. Okay, and, that's what's uh, up. Yeah, yeah. So, so, um, was it like little leagues, rec leagues, and stuff like that around in New Jersey that you was most definitely in? Like, what drew you into basketball anyway? I was drawn into basketball by my family. My sister was a high school standout. That was a point scorer and played college as well. Um, okay. She played Rutgers North University. And my father was a high school basketball player as well. So, you know, it was pretty much in my household. And, you know, once I picked up the ball, I fell in love with it. You know, I, I didn't pick up a ball at one point in time. I actually picked up a mitt and a baseball bat at one point. And I <laughs> stuck with that for a while. But, uh, you know, circumstances right. happened where I wasn't able to play baseball anymore, so I ended up taking up with basketball again. Okay, okay. So, so was the household competitive, you know, growing up? Was, was you know, you was trying to live up to your sister and your pop's uh, standards growing up? Yeah, definitely. Like, my father, whenever he tried to play one-on-one with me in the backyard, he didn't go easy on me. He was blocking my layups. I used to cry and get mad because I was so competitive. You know, I was still competitive. I used to get frustrated. I would cry. My uncle would come to my house and play me one-on-one, steal the ball from me, block me, put me in the post, and score on me. And I used to get so mad. And uh, it's crazy, right? Crazy story. So my uncle brings this up every time he talks to me. And I'm going to send him this after we finish. (laughs) <laughs> I made him retire from basketball. <laughs> so, yeah, he never touched the basketball again. So, you know, like I told you, my uncle used to come over. He used to beat me down, put me in the post, uh-huh. lay the ball up on me, steal it from me, block it from me. Man, <laughs> I held on to that grudge for years, man. I never forget that. So I was probably about 14, 15 years old. Uh-huh. Went to the house again. I was working on my game. He wanted to play me one-on-one. I tore him up. I beat him so bad. He never picked up a basketball again. He quit the game of basketball after that. Gave up. <laughs> he was just talking about that like a week ago. <laughs> oh, man. Man, yeah. oh, quit, man. Oh, man. So, yeah. so, so, all right. So, you say he was uh, pretty much in high school when you finally beat Um. So, what was the like growing up? Uh, I mean, what was it like playing in high school level now since you finally beat up? You feel like you're the man now, probably. You know, you probably walking around. I know you walk around the house with your chest poked out a little bit because I know <laughs> I would. You feel me? Yeah, but, a little, um, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so what was it like in high school playing ball, uh, playing ball for you? Uh, high school basketball was cool. Uh, I didn't play at a high level in high school basketball. I played in the gold division. And the mm-hmm. the worst division. In New Jersey basketball, like at that time, so like 
I didn't really play against nobody. Um, I didn't have no trainers. I didn't even have a coach that cared about basketball. He was a gym teacher. He just cared about getting paid and whatever, you know. So like, I didn't have that proper guidance. I actually had like um, a teammate of mine that's actually my best friend to this day. Mm-hmm. He was a high school and college teammates. He was really good in high school, you know. Like at the time, he he was in love with the game. He scored a thousand points. So like, you know, seeing him score at a high level definitely influenced me to you know break push my game up a little bit. Even though he ain't played no defense, I was the defender, and he was the <laughs> one that was scoring the points. So, like, okay. I started off my career defensive minded, and the offense translated as things went on. I was always a good shooter. I wasn't a great ball handler. Uh-huh. I was a defender. I played with tenacity, and I had that dog in me. I had that dog in me since I was a kid. So, you know, um, all I needed was a little training to get me better. The high school was cool. Um, definitely learned. How to just get confident? I definitely, you know, was thrown in the fire, mm-hmm. and I had to learn and progress. But um, defensive-minded uh, throughout high school is definitely the the one that guarded the best players on defense. So, yeah. Okay, so that wasn't really uh, okay. So, did you win any chips in 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 high school, or did y'all make it deep into the playoffs or anything in that nature? Uh, no playoff experience. In the um, high school level, uh, under 500 every year, uh, mm-hmm. lost a lot of games. We stuck. To be honest, we stuck. Uh, we had a horrible coach. <laughs> we had a horrible coach that was a gym teacher, and my boy did a lot of the scoring. Uh-huh. I was probably like the second or third leader scorer, even though I didn't even score that much in high school. Uh, it wasn't until my last game of my senior year when I went crazy. I like 24 points. And uh, that's when I realized I wanted to play college because that's the time of my land. I'm at a tech school. Basketball ain't popular here. They worried about trades. We're at trade school and having like trade type of job. I don't know if I want to do this. Last game of senior year, I went crazy. I probably shot like 60% from the field. Had an amazing game. Uh, felt like the man after that. And I realized, yo, man, I might play college basketball. Like, what's up? Like, let's see what it's about. I had zero offers, absolutely no offers in high school, zero. But, you know, like I said, I always had that dog in me, and I always had that that, that energy to, to always strive to, to reach goals, no matter what obstacles came in my way. So I had to walk on Zuko, you know? Okay. And, uh, so, my best friend having a thousand points. He didn't even get no offers like that after high school. That's how bad the division was. So me and him ended up playing JUCO together. Okay, so now y'all in JUCO. What's the what what, what university is that? What JUCO is that? Uh, Middlesex County College. Okay, so now yeah, let, let, what's what's your experience in JUCO now? How does how is now you try to transition from from uh. You said you wasn't that great of an offensive player, but you had that dog in you. So what was like now trying to transition that dog into now uh, trying to be that that offensive score or uh, elite score, you know, top score for the Juco now? What is what is like that transition for you? So, you know, that summer going into college is when I just started really working on my offense. I just started playing a lot of pickup. Again, no strangers, no resources. Fun fact, never played AU a day in my life. Never, never had the resources. Ever. Okay. Um, so I was just playing at the park, you know, all day, yo. 
12 o'clock to 8 o'clock at night every day to some so I'm playing like a hard pickup game like crazy, you know. Uh, it's not really like, you know, the most recreation, like the, the most common thing for people to do, like to progress from playing at the park and playing pickup or random, but I was playing against older guys. I was playing against guys who were stronger than me. I was playing against different types of athletes. Football players that just play basketball for fun, they just play bad defense. Like people that used to play basketball at a high level and now they just play some cardio. And, you know, just playing at the park and just, you know, building your confidence and playing against so many different people, it definitely got me better. Now, I, w- I didn't have the best IQ, but mm-hmm. that, that started to develop, you know, over time. But I definitely had that, um, you know, confidence. I would say playing over that summer. Gave me a lot of confidence, especially in my offense. My offense game got a lot better. I was able to, you know, start shooting off the dribble instead of just spot up, you know, getting for a little mid range, you know, shooting three, you know, rip uh, through one dribble, get to the basket, you know, pump it a little bit, you know, start started developing my offensive game. So when I came to, you know, Juco, uh, unfortunately for my first year there, there's a guy who was really elite basketball player. He was actually a thousand point scorer in two years at that Juco, and he ended up getting a scholarship to play position two. He was the player that was playing my position, so I was his guy. You know, but I definitely learned a lot from him. Mm-hmm. He was very good, and um, you know, uh, I, I started off like 14th, 15th man up the bench, right? So first game of the season, um, he was actually down by like maybe six to eight points. Uh-huh. Coach just threw me in the game because like, guys were, you know, producing, and he threw me in the game, and I scored ten straight points. Wow! Bang! Bang! And um, <laughs> I was actually on the paper for that. Like you know, uh, wasn't even a starter. He came off the bench, 14, 15 man, made the team, but I wasn't really like the first option. Like you know, like I was. Oh, I went through the first five, and I went through the first, the, the second five. Now you see them make the cuts, you know. And um, once I got in the game, I proved myself. Uh, we went to a weekend tournament in Pennsylvania. Even mm-hmm. that second game, I went crazy. I went from the fourteen to fifteenth man of the roster to the sixth man off the bench for instant offense. I went from a defender in high school to instant offense, also like Lou Williams type. Uh, you know, situation in the system that we played with. And I was able to average about 10 points a game my first year off the bench. So, definitely a learning experience. Uh, one key factor that helped me in my Juco year, my first year in particular, my head coach was a Division One coach. He coached okay. at Seton Hall University and he coached okay. at Green. So he had Division One experience, and he turned the Division Three Zuko into a Division One program mindset. Um, started doing meal plans, prep for us. We had mandatory weight room. We had mandatory study hall. We had pre-game meals. We had post-game meals. He treated us like a Division One program, and that definitely helped me with discipline and helped me. Just learn a lot about the game. He did film sessions. A lot of Jukos don't even do that type of stuff. So he treated it like they see at all. That definitely helped me, uh, you know, learn the game more and just be more disciplined to end up my academics. Because a lot of people in Juco, they don't care about school. They're just trying to play and get out so they can get a scholarship. And he wanted us to be young men, 
growing up into the adulthood of the real world and becoming educated as well as athletes. We didn't want to make it all about, you know, basketball. He made us, you know, actually lock in and focus on our academics so we can, you know, have a career outside of basketball just in case it didn't work out because the percentage of you going to close very slow, very limited. Hey, I'm the only person from that Juco class that went close. Even if that was a point scorer, that I was a backup for. He didn't even go overseas or anything. Like, mm-hmm. So, literally, it's not very likely for anybody to go professional with basketball. It's not easy. And um, that was a great coach. Um, I still talk to him to, to this day. Shout out to Coach Jackson. Uh, great man, great mentor. Uh, arguably my favorite coach of all time. And I appreciate him because he definitely um, gives me that confidence. That's what's up, man. So, now. I mean, you you got the you got your you went from high school, you went to JUCO, you got a lot of knowledge out of that JUCO that can kind of really get you ready for a four year college now. So now you you yep. you're taking you taking all this information that you know your coach just gave you and and, and everything because he gave you pretty much free game. You know, what I mean, gave you the the nutrition and and the study hall and to get yourself mentally ready to be ready to go to a four-year college. So now you're in a four-year college. Um, so what yeah, before, the, before I went to the four-year college, I actually played there one more year, right? So the second year I played there was the killer year. Okay. I was 17 points a game. I was 17 all conference. I got most improved players. I led the country. I was number three in the country in free throw percentage. I shot 40% from three. And I shot 45% from the field. And I was a full-time starter. And I led my team to the playoffs. Talk your ish. Yeah. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, 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 Brian, that one year right there from your coach gave you that, you know, mentally to go into that second year to get you right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I just had to throw that in there because that was, that was a very important peak of my, my career. That's what, you know, made me – Confident and for your school. So now, now, now you feel like you 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 beating your uncle all over again. You walk around with your chest poked yeah. out again. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> so now, after you 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 now you walk around, you go with your chest poked out a little bit. You you kind of feeling yourself now. What it was like transitioning to that four year um college now? What uh, what university did you attend? I went to uh, New Jersey City University. Okay. Okay, yeah, so, so what, what was your experience there? Uh, uh, humbling experience, uh, 19 years old. And I come there as a junior. <laughs> My sophomore is 26. Junior is like 29. Uh, senior is already like 25, 26. Like, I'm like one of the youngest people on the team, and, and I'm like, this is the upper class here. Uh, I'm like smaller than most of the guys. Uh, I was always athletic, so my athleticism uh, helped me keep up with the guys. And, you know, my shooting ability, my scoring ability was pretty good at the time. So, like, you know, I was able to keep up with the physical aspect. I would say NJCU humbled me and they really start locking in on the weight range and just really locking in on paying attention to details. I would say NJCU was really, really elevated my IQ and helped me, uh, uh, led me into the professional world of basketball in a sense of like 
preparing me for the next level. Um, NJCU was, is, is one of the best division three schools in the country, especially for default. Shout out to Coach Brown, um, one of my favorite coaches of all time as well. Defensive minded coach, defense, defense, defense. He switched everything, even if he was guarding a big man. He was guarding a footer. You had to guard the seven footer. You had to front the post. He decided to come and help. It was a crazy system that he wanted a transition fast to his game and defense. Getting a lot of skills going out of transition, scoring the ball, creating offense out of defense. And uh, we had a lot of plays. I was really good. At least 15 to 20 plays. So that was a, definitely a humbling experience. Uh, Juco, I had about five or six plays, and that was it. And then half of the time, you know, if I was hot, I just did what I wanted. So here I'm in, I'm in a system where I'm not the man no more. I'm the new balance a lot. I transfer from Juco. And I have to learn the system that I've never played for before, and I have to learn all of these plays. Uh, it definitely was a struggle. I was about to fourteenth man off the bench mm-hmm. my junior year. I had to literally learn basketball at the next level all over again. So it was definitely a learning experience and growing experience. I had a few I had a few uh, good games, definitely. But um I sat the bench a lot of the games for the season. Not the whole game, but I didn't get a lot of time. you know, at the end of the day, like I'm I'm proud of my story and I'm proud of what I've become, so I don't have to shame any shame to tell anybody like that I did sit on the bench on um, my junior year in college. Like, you know, it's definitely not embarrassing for me, and it's definitely not something that I'm ashamed of. You know, it, it is what it is. Everybody learns on different bases. So you gotta, it's about learning and growing from it. Mm-hmm. I could have easily gave up after my junior year, but you know, I, I had that fight in me to just keep learning and progressing. And I don't, you know, regret any decisions that I made because those are where I'm at today, you know. Right. I feel you on that one. So so as you was trying to figure your your way until this the four year now, since you in here, you trying to figure out your the offense and how do you fit in. Mentally, what was you telling yourself? Like, I can still play at this level, even though I'm not the top guy, you know, here. How how did you stay engaged and what made you um, stay engaged? Um, definitely the relationship that I built with my teammates. Is, uh, we created brotherhood bonds that we still have to this day. I got really close with my teammates and uh, I was able to bond with everyone at a, at a different, have a different type of relationship with everyone. Also, my college roommate at the time, shout out to my boy Ruben, one of my closest friends as well, he dealt with the same problem as me. He wasn't getting a lot of playing time as well. So we were both going through the same issues and we kept pushing each other to keep, you know, keep going. And he actually ended up playing professional basketball in Puerto Rico. Um, and he never gave up despite what he was going through too. So, you know, we both had the similar stories of, you know, resilience and just not giving up on our dream. So, um, Definitely personal relationships, personal bonds, and, you know, they, them knowing the potential that I have and them knowing that, you know, I have a chance to be great and just keep sticking to it and don't give up, you know. Right, right. So um, did you, was you able to uh, graduate from uh, the four-year college? Yeah, I was able to get my, my bachelor's as well as my master's, uh, despite, you know, my, my, my um, playing time being limited. In my time at NJCU, 
I, mm-hmm. I achieved academic excellence. I actually graduated my bachelor's with a 3.76. So, you know, I did my thing. Ah, that's what I'm talking about, man. My man, just it ain't just about sports, you feel me? You, you most definitely got the knowledge also. So um, now yeah. you you pretty much uh, wrapping up your four-year college, your four-year. Um, so now you're trying to transition to pretty much uh, elevating your game, being a pro. Um, what made you actually say overseas was your uh, your your destination to go? Well, I just wanted to play professional basketball and get paid to do it on the overseas, you know, um, those two avenues. Uh, NBA was a long shot for me. I know you mentioned, you know, I was I graduated at like 21, 22 years old. If you ain't already in the NBA at like 19, 20 years old, it's going to be more difficult. And, you know, I just had to be realistic with myself and understand that there's ways to be professional basketball players without going to the NBA. It's not NBA or nothing. There's other ways you can elevate. So um, I also wanted to take advantage of my education as well. Um, I wanted to educate myself to a higher level than I already had. That way, mm-hmm. if the basketball didn't work out, I still got the education. So I can push my dreams of becoming a pro basketball player while educating myself as well. So I actually... Um, talked to my head coach, and I became uh, the graduate assistant assistant on the men's basketball team. I was actually part of the coaching staff as well as, you know, getting my master's degree for free. So I ended up doing a two-year program at, at NJCU as a coach, and um, I, I achieved my, my uh, master's degree. And during that time period of me, you know, going for my master's, I was playing in leagues. I was, um, you know, keeping myself in shape. I was practicing with the basketball team sometimes when they needed extra guys or not. And I started noticing I got so much better. I'm killing these guys now, like, you know. And um, I'm also, you know, working out with the team. I'm also, like, going to the gym a lot more. And just I started working out with trainers. I started, you know, taking advantage of the resources I had. I had keys to the shooting gun. I had keys to the basket. So I had gym access all the time, you know, more so than when I was an athlete. And I was able to see basketball from another perspective. I helped elevate my game and my IQ. And um, sometimes I ran practices when the coach was there. Sometimes I helped them with the drills and, you know, um, did a lot of things that I wasn't doing before. You know, I, I took on the leadership role, you know, being on the coaching staff and taking on the leadership role. I earned the respect and I had guys that I played with and guys that are older than me listen to me and respect me because I did a lot of research on, on the game and you know at the end of the day it didn't matter if I was younger or you know I played previously for that team. If you know what you're talking about and you know what you're doing, they're gonna listen to you. You know, you just gotta know what you're talking about. And I, and I did my research, you know, I always educate myself and handle my business and um, definitely Fortunate, and I'm definitely grateful to have had that opportunity to attain my master's degree without paying. Also, being on the coaching staff, having coaching experience at the collegiate level on my resume, and you know, just applying that, you know, that could definitely help me out in the future when I finish playing the basketball. You know, having college experience coaching mm-hmm. that definitely helps. Okay, okay, so now. What is what is what is your experience like transitioning from U.S. ball to overseas ball? You know, what I mean, it's like I'm, I know it's like some particular rules that they have over there we don't have over here. You know, what I mean, like the the ball can be on the rim. 
they can smack it off. It's not a card of gold tin over there, but you know, versus over here, it's the gold tin. So what is what is your experience like now trying to transition from US ball to overseas ball? So I definitely had to get used to it. It was a humbling experience and I hope you um, not being able to call timeout when you got the ball in is crazy only the first to call timeout. You can't call timeout. <laughs> also, um, there's no defense or three second points, so the big man could just sit in the paint all day on defense. Oof. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of the, the biggest ones, and uh, it could the call it tragedy on the Americans. You can't even do a pro hop, pro hop doesn't do a pro hop, you can Like, you can do a step over, like, land on both feet, that's a tragedy, that's a tragedy. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But the real step is allowed, and sometimes those Europeans took an extra step on the real step and didn't make it. So, yeah, I'm just great. Like, what's the difference between the pro hop and the euro other than you know, you you're not actually hopping on, on a euro, you know what I mean? But I get it, not really, but <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, um, so what was like some of the key things that you are now picking up, you know what I mean, that you feel like, all right, I'm going to add this to my game. I'm going to add this. So what what, what was the key things that it was actually you was actually picking up? Uh, a lot of ball movement, less isolation, basketball, fast, pace, basketball. Um, a lot of pick and roll. Obviously, basketball is pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. Um, that's definitely a key factor that helped me out uh, to become successful overseas. I went from a two guard in my first two years of overseas to a full time point guard. My transition over to my whole game into a point guard. Um, and I've actually been successful. I've led my team to win eight games in a row at the point guard position. Uh, so, you know, with me, it's like any challenge that comes my way, I'm always going to figure out how to accomplish and achieve that. And um, I'm loving the point guard position, and definitely um, not an easy position. You hold mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility, you hold a lot of weight. I love it, man. Like, I'm not, my assistant turnover ratio is like, you know, 3 to 4.0. Play game. I definitely turn the ball over. I definitely um, handle the ball very well. I look at my head, it's crazy, man. Like, my game developed so crazy, man. It's not even funny, like, people that they see me. Four years ago, they see a whole different player. Crazy. And, um, definitely proud of myself and definitely um, definitely seeing the growth over the years, man. And, and everybody else who knows me and believes in my dream, sees the progress as well. So you said you now pretty much like point guard. So do you call yourself like the combo guard really now? Because you played too, pretty much the two. Uh, majority, and now you're transitioning to a point guard. You're more like that Steph combo guard, or more of like a Donovan Mitchell type combo guard. I would say more like Steph, because um, I can also like turn off screens as well. Uh, I play better defense. Than him, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would say more like Steph. Um, you know, shoot if you go under the screen. I just read the defense, shoot, it, ice it, put them on my hip, find the roll man, floaters, uh, drive the kick to the corners, um, read and react, the chapter screen, tell the big man to slip, like, 
um, rejected screen if you overplaying it. Just reading the game, man. I, I did so much film study and so much training. It just comes second nature to me. I know what the defense is going to do before they do it. And I'll just foul very well. Actually, number two in this league, the two percentage. Um, reading, okay. reading and reacting. You know? Right. So you say you more like Steph. Do you Can you shoot like Steph now? Do you, uh, Are you more of a... Chris Paulish, you know what I mean? I, I look to get my guy first, then I score. Or, you know what I mean, you 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 do more of a I bring the ball down, I can dish it off, I'm gonna do my runs through screens. You know what I mean? What 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 what's now let's get a little deeper of which point guard that you actually put yourself in. I would say I'm not Drew Holiday and Ooh. Yeah. Like yeah. that one. I like that one. Okay. Drew Holiday, he's more of a defensive first guy, but he most definitely can get you that tough bucket. He can play bully ball down in the in, in the post. Is that more of your game, or you're more? Of Actually, the- no, I can't. I can't compare myself to Drew in that aspect. Yeah, like I would say, it depends on the system because I got a crazy post game. But this coach is weird with that. You know how point guards post up, like, I don't know right? Weird. Um, but I would say, like, if I'm back home and I'm playing, like, you know, like guys and I'm playing pro runs or whatever yeah I would consider myself similar to that okay uh, it's weird I would say I'm like a mixture of a whole bunch of different players I wouldn't say it's one, one particular player that I play like because like Rondo is my favorite point guard of all time but I do have some Chris Paul like type of game as well as like Jamal Crawford as well as like uh Drew Holiday uh not really too much of Steph Curry like like, like when you were to compare that to a Donovan Mitchell, I would say I'm more like a Steph Curry, but like I wouldn't consider myself really a Steph Curry. Right. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think who I would compare myself to, like in uh, the way I play. I would say CJ McCollum, to be honest, I'll be the closest thing. Okay. I'll be the closest thing, and the, and the reason why I say that is because he was a two guard and he transitioned to a point guard in the world, and uh, that's definitely very similar to my career. So I would say literally TJ McCullough because I could kill you in the mid-range, but mm-hmm. I can also kill you with the three ball too. But I can literally kill you with the mid-range. Like I, I would dis- disrespect you with the mid-range. Right. Um, okay. I, that's definitely one of my brother brothers the mid-range. But, look, but I can also shoot the three ball at a, at a high pitch. Okay, CJ McCullough. I would say like I, that's my I'm not guy. the most athletic. I'm not the most athletic. Like CJ is not the most athletic. But yeah, I can dunk. Like if I get a fast break dunk, I'm dunking it. But like I'm not the type of guy that's gonna put it on your head. I'm just gonna lay it up on you or do a shoulder or you know create the contact for the foul. I keep my game real simple. I don't try to do too much, and um, I know how to change my pace. Yeah, CJ McCollum perfect example. People actually say that I play. I play like him before I heard that. So yeah. It's not a bad comparison, honestly. You know, CJ McCollum is actually my guy, man. And I was actually rooting for New Orleans this year because of, you know, CJ McCollum and, and, and uh, Brandon Ingram. Those two, I, I believe those two is a, is a great combo that should be up and coming soon. You know what I mean? Hopefully they can get more games together. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now. Stay healthy. Uh, we don't want to talk about that, man, because I have this desire on to be like the, the – Sean Kemp 2.0 a little bit. Yeah. So now, um, 
like I said, you overseas and stuff. So what are some of the challenges that you are facing overseas being an American? Um, not seeing my family, you know, that's definitely a big one. I'm very close to my family, I'm very close to my mom, my dad, my sister, and you know, my friends back home and not seeing them is definitely a difficult thing. And you know, I went from one country to the other, so I didn't really get a chance to go home. But I picked up for another job. So, um, that's really the biggest thing. Um, I'm a very family oriented person. So not being around my family or friends for such a long period of time does, you know, way a heavy toll on me at times. But, you know, I keep faith, I pray, I meditate, I go to the gym, and I keep my mind focused on the goal. Because at the end of the day, yeah, I'm missing out, but I'm on, I'm doing things that I, I told myself I was going to do. And this mm-hmm. is what I signed up for. This is my career. So I got to do what I got to do. I got the whole summer. You know, I'll be home next month, and I got the whole summer. You know, okay. With my family and my friends. You know, I'm not really missing out. Ain't nothing crazy going on that I'm missing out on. I'm doing what I need to do for my future. So, so when you made your decision to say, you know what, I'm going to take my talent overseas, you know what I mean? How how was the reaction of your family? Was they supportive? Was they was like, oh, man, don't do that. You stay here and fight it out. Or, you know what I mean? What, what was like that? What was their reaction of your decision? They actually boosted my – they actually – was preparing for me to go overseas before I even knew I was going overseas. My mom got my passport for me when I was like 17 years old. And I was like, what you give me a passport for? She was like, you know, I feel like you're going to play overseas, so I'm going to give you a passport just in case it happens. So my mom already knew, you know, that it was going to happen. You know, right. she was saying that to me at a young age. So she seen something that I didn't even see at the time. And my dad always told me to keep going, you know, be fighting. My grandfather, before he passed away, told me that. You know, I'm gonna make it one day. Too bad he didn't get to see me, you know, uh, make it, but you know, he's he still watching over me. And I definitely had a great support system in my process and my journey. Mom, I'm going to the gym, mom, I'm going to work out, mom, doing this. And she knew I was locked in and she knew I was focused on making it happen. And when it actually happened, they were very happy for me and they were very supportive of my dream. And they, they, they watch all my games, so, you know, whenever they got time, they'll stay up late or ill. Wake up early and they watch my game. So um have a great support system from my family. That's what's up. So do you um do you how often do you talk to your family? Do you talk to them every day? Um once a week, once you know, I mean how often do you really you know you get the chance to talk to them? I would say at least three days a week I talk to them. Okay. So y'all y'all you can make sure you keep in touch. Yeah, I talk to them at least every day or every other day. I talk to my mom, my sister, and my dad today. So, you know, I definitely communicate with them well. I FaceTime my dad, you know, really close. So, you know, just, they, they understand that, um, you know, I got a lot going on over here. They got a lot going on where they're at. But, you know, the family says, you know, we got to talk, we got to catch up. You know, uh, if you're feeling down, talk to one of your family members that can make your day. You never know. You know. So, you know, like you say, you're a real family origin guy. You know, I mean, you having a tough day um, in Portugal. Team just lost. Um, kind of frustrated. You need to talk to somebody. Um, out of Who's the first person you calling um, out of your family once you feeling, you know, that type of way? Probably my dad because, you know, he's more of the, the um, 
the sports person. My mom never made any sports team and never tried to make any sports team. She was more like a support system person. Mm-hmm. She definitely um a very I get my dog from my mom. My mom had my sister at sixteen and you know, she didn't drop out of high school and she was able to get her college degree despite a lot of odds against her. A lot of people doubted her and a lot of people said she wasn't gonna make it because she had a kid so young. And my mom doing her thing, man, she got a really good job. She's making really good money and she's happy and she made it out, you know. So I get a lot of my mental toughness and a lot of my grit from my mom. I get my competitiveness and my, you're not about to disrespect me and get away with it from my dad. I get my think about the situation before you, you know, react to my sister. You know, I, I definitely learned a lot from, you know, my family. May not be everything for one person, but I got bits and pieces of my personality and the way I, I am from, you know, different family members that made me, you know. Right. I feel you on that one, man. I most definitely feel you on that. Um, Like I said, you, you, you have your family back here. Do you um, plan on playing, uh, taking your talents back to the U.S.? Like plan maybe going for an NBA team, going uh trial for the big three or that uh, T-Mac league, the OBL league? You know, have you considered any of those leagues? You know what I mean? Or you feel like you're going to have your remainder of your career staying overseas? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, I like the overseas life, man. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, whatever opportunity comes my way, I'm not going to shy away from it, especially if it's going to benefit me in my future. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like feeling like a celebrity out here. I like being low key. I like, you know, the love I get from the fans and, you know, uh, the international love, man, especially in the, in the last couple of countries I've played in, man, it's love. There's a lot of love, there's a lot of freedom, you know. Also, I like learning about new cultures, new languages. Mm-hmm. I like traveling, you know, I like the, the feeling of traveling. I get to travel for free. I get to, you know, go to these countries, meet with people, learn experiences that create memories that, that have a lifetime experience for me, you know. Uh, it's not only about, you know, playing for football, you know, international basketball. Mm-hmm. It's about the experiences, too, man. Uh, you meet so many people from these countries that have similar backgrounds and similar mindsets as you. They, from the other side of the world, it's so crazy how the world is, you know? Okay, that's what's up. So, since you you feel like, you know, I mean, you, you, stand, you stand with you at overseas, you feel me? Um, What is your career high? Oh, and, and what country you did it in? My career high is 57 points in my rookie year in Moldova. Uh, like 57, like 12 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the killer man from the first quarter, I mean, the three ball was all net. The second three ball was all net. Got an and one, caught a dunk. I was like, oh, yeah, my legs feel good. 
It's going to be hard to stop me. Things are backing up now because I'm just going past and get to the right. Started getting double teamed at one point. So I started focusing on rebounding the ball. And then once they let off me a little bit, started scoring again. See, one thing about me, like, I don't just rely on my scoring, man. If, if one aspect of the game is, you know, more difficult for me to do than someone's basketball, like, you can pull up a stat sheet by getting assists. All right, you're playing, you're playing you double now. So now I find an open man. I can put a hold of shot the screen, go and hit the shooter. You know, um, go after offense and rebounds and create offense off of that. You know, a lot of people score off of outworking the other person. I just hustle mm-hmm. and get the rebound, put it back up, you know, or get the rebound, kick it out to the shooter, get an assist. You know, it's all about being effective and helping the team win. Like, scoring is there, but it don't have to be scoring for the team to win. But that part of the game, I was just feeling it. So now that you 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 pretty much been playing basketball majority of your life now, where <clears throat> you said you started out as a defender, you know what I mean that was that was your strong suit, and then now as you you know elevated your career, um, as into a uh, offensive player, what is your strong what is your what is your strongest suit now? Is it still defense or does you, or, or offense has become your stronger to your game? I would say it's pretty balanced, but I'd say it's a little bit more offense now. Um, but I would say this year definitely defense uh, picked up a little bit more. My rookie year, um, I didn't really have to play too much defense. But like this year in particular, I definitely had to play a lot of defense. Um, so I would say right now it's balanced, but um, the offense is definitely uh, strong. It's slightly stronger on offense. You know, just a little bit, just a little bit. It depends on what the team needs you to do. The team needs you to score a little bit more. So I'm just doing what, what they ask me to do. But um, it all depends on the system. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a chameleon. I never got sent home, you know, not on work and playing overseas. I always get picked up and always be staying. Uh, I blend in with the system and I do what the team needs me to do the way they And, um, Okay. Right. So um, <clears throat> now, like you said, you you deep into your pro career, and, and um, who is there anyone that you idolize or that motivates you to advance your game? Uh, yeah, uh, very very close family friend of mine, uh, Kenneth Reed, talks on every single day. My God, my brother, man, uh, his work ethic. Um, growing up, and I knew him since I was just like a little kid, you know. Uh, my dad and his dad are very close friends. Like, he's like a cousin to me. His dad is like my uncle. You know, I grew up with him mm-hmm. before he was even in the league and all that. Um, just watching him progress his game and watching what he's done over the last, you know, decade um, NBA career, you know, even now playing in the G League. Uh, definitely an inspiration. Uh, as far as like work ethic, you know, going out there getting it. Like I said, I talk to him every single day. He always, you know, uplifts me, motivates me. Definitely somebody that you know kept me sane during this overseas uh, season, for sure. And previous one, uh, we had a very, very close relationship. Okay, that's what's up, man. I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, either you, you know, your support system is still, you know. Uh, Big but small, you can, you know, what I mean, outside of your family, you still have somebody that you can 
still lean on, idolize, talk to, and say, hey, what's your opinion on this and how should I get through that? You know what I mean? Because having a, a great support system is most definitely, you know, big, especially now that you're not here. You know what I mean? You're most definitely on the other side of the world and, and trying to figure out, you know, your lifestyle and, and you know, with people supporting your lifestyle, that it goes a long way. You know what I mean? That it most definitely will keep you, you know, motivated and, 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 and focused and determined, uh, you know, what your next goal is. Um, speaking of next goal, uh, do you feel like once you're done with your pro career, do you feel like, uh, you're going to be coaching? Cause you said, you know, you got that one year coaching underneath your belt. Um, so, do you think you will be coaching anywhere or you feel like you want to coach yeah, anywhere? Definitely. I definitely want to coach. Uh, coaching those two years at NGC definitely helped me uh, realize that it's something that I will definitely be good at. I've, I've uh, started like my own basketball tournaments. I've done basketball showcases that help me through scholarships and, you know, get exposure to possibly play at the next level. Um, and I've coached those things, and I've done a phenomenal job coaching. I've coached kids. I've done basketball camps. I did a 76 basketball camp back in 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, did a pretty good job, so I want to definitely get into that when I uh, finish playing basketball. And just also growing my nonprofit organization as well. And uh, seeing the growth that it's had over the last couple years, um, I can see it being very special and very big. Okay. Okay. So, before we get to your non-profit uh, organization, you, I gotta pick on you on a couple of things. You feel me? You know? <laughs> gotta pick on. Right. You. <laughs> I ain't gonna let you go too easily. You know, I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm a competitor myself. You feel me? Uh, um, I'm a Laker fan. I'm pretty sure you you just see me in my stories posting about my Lakers and and. I see that you are a Boston Celtic fan, and yeah, uh, yeah. so what? I, what made you become? When did you become a Boston Celtic fan? And and what made you stay a Boston Celtic fan? Favorite player of all time, Paul Pierce. Um, I seen Paul Pierce when I was very young. And okay. I knew the first basketball game I ever watched was the Celtics versus the Cavaliers, and uh, Paul Pierce was just killer. And uh, he gave LeBron that word. And I like LeBron, but he gave LeBron that word. And you know, I do love, <laughs> love his competitive spirit. You know, I'm an underdog. I got an underdog story. Mm-hmm. All pieces the truth, but he was an underdog. Like, he didn't give him that respect that he deserved. He was. Killing amongst the Greeks. You know, he killed Kobe, he killed LeBron, he killed a lot of good, like, great basketball players. Carmelo, like, he matched up with the best players of all time mm-hmm. and, and held his own and won, you know? And uh, he was my motivation to, to believe that, you know, it's, it's anything possible. And, you know, I was with him in the Delonte West days, you know, the, the young, like the Michael Peters and all of that. Hamilton, when they used to lose all their games, they didn't even go to the playoffs. The Paul Pierce was averaging like 26 points a game. Uh, it wasn't until I was in like fifth grade 
They announced that Rayale Garnett was coming to Boston, man. And I was excited. I'm like, yo, this is finally what, you know, Paul Pierce needed to be on the championship. It's, these are the pieces he needed. This is Garnett's, you know, coming to the end of his prime. And so is Rayale. You know, they're still very, you know, they're still in their prime, but they're coming to the end of it. And they still got that grit. And they both haven't won a championship, so they want to win. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, they brought in Eddie House, they brought in Sam Cassell for experience, they brought Kendrick Perkins, well, Kendrick Perkins was already drafted, but that's when he became a starter, and, you know, they put the pieces together, and uh, he was able to beat Kobe, take that sixth ring away from Kobe, you know, all that people, my, to my brother, man, but, uh, you know, we prevented him from getting that six, you know. <laughs> You know, Lakers fans still don't like that. I mean, y'all beat us on the second one. Like I said, we got y'all on the second one. We got y'all on the yeah, comeback yeah, tour. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it took, it took seven games, though, but, you know, and Kendrick Perkins got hurt. I definitely uh, paid a big hole in it. We had Rasheed uh, Wallace starting at the center position. Rasheed uh, Wallace was a little older, and he wasn't, a, uh, he wasn't your average center that can lead a team to a championship. We needed Kendrick Perkins. But uh, shout out to Kobe, shout out to Powerful shout out to Andrew Bynum, Jerry, shout out to Lamar Odom, Gary Fisher. Great championship. It was a great uh, series. Mm-hmm. Arguably one of the greatest series in NBA history, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. Definitely fun to watch. Yeah. Um, very competitive. Um, every player played both ends of the floor. It wasn't, everybody wasn't just offense, everybody was just it was exciting to watch from start to finish every game. Every game kept you on your toes, whether you was a Boston fan, whether you was a Lakers fan, whether you was just a fan of basketball. You know, that's before all the fans were and all that, too. So everybody's just watching basketball, you know? Right, right. So let's talk about your Boston Celtics. You know, I had DM'd you. You know, you was like uh, Celtics in five. Once you seen that, um, what's my man, Murray had was getting suspended. I was like, ah, I ain't going to say nothing. You know what I mean? I'm going to let you get this one because I was rooting for Boston. I was rooting for him. But Trey Young mm-hmm. had something different to say. You know what I mean? He and, did. And, 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 and he changed the whole narrative of his playoffs now. Um, yeah, he did. He definitely he definitely played very well. But I'm going to say this, though. Jason Tatum had a bad game. Uh, Jason Tatum didn't show up how Jason Tatum normally shows up. And he's shown up. That would never happen. But Trey Young had a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope he enjoyed it. Uh, it's over. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's over. <laughs> I hope he enjoyed it. Uh, it didn't matter if he's not getting married. Oh, oh what um, you mean that one? Yeah, because Tatum's not going to have a bad game like that. He's going to have a Taylor Brown's going to do what he's supposed to do. Michael Brown's going to come off the bench and do what he does. Derek White's been playing phenomenally. They have a hard time stopping him. Uh, we have a really good coach, even though he's young. He's going to make some adjustments, and you know, he's going to figure it out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So speaking of a couple of things, um, you mentioned, you know, down the stretch. Do you think Marcus Smart should be in the lineup or you think Malcolm Brogdon? Because my opinion, I think that was the reason why Boston brought in Malcolm Brogdon. I felt like he should be the guy that should have the ball in his hands, you know, coming up for it just to give it to Tatum and not Smart. What's your opinion on that? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is definitely more efficient than uh, Marcus Smart. And, uh, Definitely controls the offense a little bit better. But if I'm going to be honest, as a Boston fan, Marcus Smart is the heart and soul of the Celtics. Uh, he brings that grit that you need to start the game with. So I agree with you, but you need Marcus Smart to start the game. Even if Malcolm Brogdon end, ends up playing more minutes than Marcus Smart, you need him to start the game with that energy. He brings that intensity that Boston needs, and he's been going that for years. You know, Boston has been a playoff contender even before Malcolm Brogdon came to Boston. He's been to the conference finals. He's been to the playoffs every year. He just went to the NBA finals and won the East last year with Marcus Smart as the starting point guard. So I don't think he's the problem. Um, I'm pretty sure Malcolm Brogdon embraces his role as the sixth man. He just won sixth man of the year. It's not like mm-hmm. he's not playing. Uh, you know, that was the same thing with the Warriors with Jordan Poole. A lot of people felt like he should have started over Trey Thompson, but like, Clay Thompson got hurt. He tore his ACL as a Achilles in the same year. How do you expect him to come back from those fatal injuries and be back to the way they was immediately? Kobe literally ended his career early because of the Achilles tear. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. It it goes hand in hand, but at the end of the day, like, you can't not you can't not Brogdon for being what he's being the player he is and where he's going. But we gotta also respect the fact that Marcus Smart was doing what he could do for years and he created a huge fan base for Boston and uh, they have a lot of respect for what he does for the, the program. Yeah. Right. Now don't get me wrong, I, I believe Marcus Smart's the start. I just think at the end of the game, I think Brogdon should be the guy that's pretty much handling the ball or running the offense yeah, yeah. to give to Tatum. You know, because I uh so. like I said, like Mark you keep Marcus Smart in the lineup. I think Boston might have to go small sometimes. You might have to take um, Horford out or Robert Williams out um, to have that Brogdon, um, Tatum, Brown, and Smart type of uh, lineup. Um, I, you know, I think that would work. I, I feel like they got to play Grant Williams more. He played a big role in the playoffs last year, and I feel like this year in the playoffs, I don't think he See, I think Grant Williams shot himself out last year. I, I think we've seen not, – not, not the – you know, discredit him enough. I believe he has the potential to his game to grow, but he didn't in, in his short uh, time as the start or, or in the rotation, he hasn't really progressed. Um, you see people like a, a Desmond Bain, who's like almost like his type of player has kind of progressed. Now, now Desmond Bain can put the ball down and drive to the basket instead of being a catcher shooter. And I think that's where Grant Williams had to transition his game at the now stop being a, a catch-and-shoot shooter and actually learn how to put the ball down. And yeah, I think he yeah. will see more time on the floor yeah. if he was able to transition his game to like that. I, I would like to see him play more because he helped us a lot, man, in that Buck series. He was a big factor in, the, in, in, in that, uh, that series. So do you – you see Milwaukee is also in trouble. Yeah, they in trouble. <laughs> now, listen, listen, you can sit here and say Boston is in trouble. 
Nah, Milwaukee is in serious trouble. Cause that man Jimmy Butler is he he, man, he is Jimmy Buckets right now. <laughs> he just I think he just put himself in the chamber before the playoffs. He be he be on chill mode in the regular season and he just uh-huh. help his team win. He like ah, right, you know what I'm saying? I don't care about being the leader score. I don't care about that. I just want to win games. Let's just win these games, get in the playoffs, man. When that playoffs comes. Jimmy Butler turns into an MVP candidate. It's crazy. It's yeah, I'm, crazy. It's like he got the game starters on in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he dropped yeah. that Jordan juice in the playoffs off of uh, yo, off of Jam or something. Something because even last year, yo, we almost lost to Miami in the conference finals. Yo, he was wild. <laughs> I'm so, like, yo, we had the best defense in the league at last year, and we still couldn't stop him. He was going crazy. Right. So if Milwaukee get eliminated, who do you see is in Boston way? Let's assume let's assume that Atlanta don't sneak y'all either. Let's assume that. But if Boston get past hey, Atlanta, hey. If Boston get past Atlanta and Milwaukee get knocked out, who do you fear in the East now that feel like Boston gonna have trouble with? Uh definitely the 76ers, man. They got a tough squad. We get past them, I feel like we we definitely going to the championship. I'm not worried about the Knicks, nor am I worried about Miami. Um, this Miami team doesn't have Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero definitely is the number, number two yeah. option on the Heat. Uh, with him, the Heat are very dangerous to match up against the Celtics. But without him, uh, I feel like Boston could beat them in like five, six games. I'm not going to say the sweep. Jimmy Butler's going to go crazy. But, um, we're gonna put we're gonna put uh Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart on Jimmy Butler on down a little bit. Um they're not really a good three point shooter team, especially without Tyler Hill on the lineup. Mm-hmm. Andrew Robinson can shoot three, but he's a horrible defender. So if he gets on the court, we're just gonna get a switch on him, the ice on him, and Tatum and Brown too. So uh I don't think they would put him in the rotation as much. They got the dude Spruce Spruce or whatever his name is, he can shoot the ball. Man, right. Uh, he's a he's a definitely a deadly shooter. Also, with him, he's not a good defender. Uh, I don't think uh, Al Horford will have too much of a hard time with out of body, especially even guarding Giannis last year in the, in the um, conference fi- in the semifinals, and he was playing a really good job on Giannis. Hey, Al Horford was doing his thing on defense against Giannis. Right. Um, I feel like it's gonna be a tough series, but I feel like if we ended up playing Miami, we beat them the sixth game. The, the Sixers is definitely going to be a big matchup for And B is definitely uh, a very skilled big man. Uh, we got to develop some type of game plan against him. Harden is a turnover machine in the playoffs for the last like 10 years. So I think we're going to turn him over. I don't think he's the opposite of Jimmy Butler. He's a regular season standout. And in the playoffs, he plays like, like a recreational basketball player. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, year after year, Harden is in the playoffs is not the same. <laughs> I don't know what's up with him. He's one of my favorite players too. Like, yeah, you know, I love his offensive game. I love his offensive game, but it's like, yo, the playoffs. It's like he a whole different player. Oh yeah. Yeah, Harden is one of my favorite players too. You know, me I, with my little hooping skills that I have, I kind of patent my game off of Harden a little bit. You know, between the legs, step back, the the oh. Ashley play bully ball once I can get down into that uh, Euro step in the paint and stuff like that. So I kind of, 
patting my game off him. So Harden um, is, is my favorite, one of my favorite players right now. You know what I mean? Kobe is my all-time favorite player. Um, I already knew that based off of the reaction about the shit in 08. I already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true Lakers fans are uh, 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 Kobe fans. The new generation of Lakers fans forget about Kobe somehow and talk about LeBron too much. Like, yo, man, Lakers wouldn't even be the franchise they was today if it wasn't for like Kobe and Wolf and Magic and all that. You talking about Braun, he brought them one bubble ring. I respect it. But it's like, what about the stuff that Magic did? What about the stuff Kobe and Shaq did and Will and all of them? You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I give all respect to Braun. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. I was kind of happy that he was he came to be a Laker, but I had to choose. I'm choosing Kobe over him all, mean, always. Like, yeah, <laughs> mean, like, come on, like you talking about. I don't know. These these Lakers fans now, like, not saying you, they're just delusions. The bottom, the bottom, the bottom, the bottom. Right. You know what Kobe did to this franchise? Right. So, do you He's see Boston magic. getting a chip this year? Who, and, who, uh, and if you do, who do you see them playing in the uh, finals this year? Now, I'm just being realistic. Yes. And I'm not saying it because I'm a selfish fan. Um, out of all the teams in the East right now, and I'm only going to speak on the East. We have the healthiest team. Now, I'm going to knock on wood because it's a long series and season. We have our complete roster. Robert Williams III is healthy this year. Everybody is healthy. So, I believe that we can make it out of the East again Mm -hmm. as long as everyone stays healthy. Uh, The Hawks are not as bad as people think. Everybody thought it was going to be an easy series. I never thought it was going to be an easy that's not <laughs> that, that team is not bad. I'm telling you, Trey Young is getting better every year. Definitely a, a very good point guard. It's hard to stop. Um, he plays very well in the pick and roll. You got to think about what he did what, a couple of years ago. I think they beat Philly. Like, right. hey, they beat Philly with Trey Young. No DeJounte Murray, just Trey Young, Kent Capella, and John Collins beat Philly. You know? Yeah. Um, so, I strongly believe Boston can make it out of the East. Uh, I feel like it's going to be difficult in the finals, depending on what team in the West we play because the West is tough this year. Like, really tough. You got the Suns, you got the Nuggets with a healthy Jamal Murray this year. You know what I'm saying? You got um, the Lakers. It's going to be tough. So, right now, I'm just going to say I strongly believe we can make it out of the all right, who's your prediction? Who's your finals prediction? Then? Who's who, who you who you think Boston will see in the finals? I don't know. I think the Suns got to play the Nuggets. Oh man, that's gonna be a good series. Devin Booker's been playing on a, at a very high level right now. Uh, the Nuggets been playing really good. Jamal Murray looking like Jamal Murray from the bubble. Um, the Lakers series. I don't know why I'm not worried about the Lakers as much as I'm worried about the Nuggets. I don't know. Like, yeah, the Lakers are really good. Look, I'm, like, the Lakers is good, you know, but the Nuggets look really good out there. Like, hey, I'm not going to say nothing yet because they did play against the Timberwolves. So, like, it wasn't really it wasn't really that fair. But depending on how – all right, I'll give you an answer. 
you my guy and we, we follow each other so i'm gonna I'm give you an answer like next week after that nugget series and that uh Lakers series is done i can't I give a definite this. answer but i'm gonna say like if i could pick two teams i would say the nuggets and the lakers i'll be worried about them for matchup probably. okay okay so hopefully it be my lakers so we can, I can trash talk. You know what I mean? I, I, I like doing my little trash talk. You feel me? <laughs> Listen, that's that's the part. Look, look, if, if I could choose, if I could choose, being biased, who I want to play in the finals, I would play the Lakers. I would play the Lakers hundred percent. I think that would be a very, very, very good series. And that's a classic. That's a classic rivalry that's been going on for decades. So, like, if I could choose, it would be the Lakers. Bad, bad. <laughs> so hopefully you know we, LeBron Tatum, that that's a good that's a good series, man. Yeah, that'd be a good that, that'd be a good that. series. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. That would go to game seven, I would, if I would be honest. That would definitely go to seven. Oh yeah, most definitely because we 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 owe y'all a get back game for Tatum fouling Braun on that Christmas day, oh, yeah, and you got my yeah, man yeah. over there hyping, <laughs> ventilating, and stuff like that. Man, got my man. Yeah, he was going snot nah, coming LeBron out his mouth. Was going crazy, that was, <laughs> that was crazy. Yo. I'm like, come on, relax, bro. Like, yeah, he missed the call, but relax, bro. <laughs> he was going crazy. <laughs> it made memes out of that. Everything, <laughs> right. Let's switch gears real quick, man. You you also keep it in the in the Boston atmosphere when it comes to NFL. Also, I I, I just don't know why, yeah. but you know what I mean. Yeah. You also a New England Patriot fan, like how the hell that happened, man? Because I would say, all right, so I'm gonna be honest with you. I was like a little kid, very small, and my first Super Bowl ever was watching um the Patriots versus the, the Eagles when Donovan McNabb was. For the Eagles. I forgot okay. what year that was. I think it was 03 or something. That was like, like oh yeah, that was about like 03, 04. Yeah, that was my first time ever watching the NFL. And you know, Tom Brady was killing, man. He was, he was bad, man. <laughs> I like the, I like this team. I like the Patriots, my dad. Like you a bandwagon fan. And I was always called a bandwagon fan because I started liking the Patriots when you know, Tom Brady and during the Tom Brady era in the beginning. So I would check Tom Brady and they won that. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I was a bandwagon fan, but I was like six, seven years old. I, right. I, I don't know no better. But <laughs> my dad stopped calling me a bandwagon fan because I ain't never stopped being loyal to them to this day. So I've been a fan with the Patriots for over 15 years. Who wins and losses, you know. We done had some bad seasons over the last couple of years, and I'm still a fan. You know, right. so... At this point, people can't say that I'm a bandwagon fan because I've been through, I've been with them through thick and thin. Even when Tom Brady left, I didn't I didn't become a Buccaneers fan like everybody else. Did. I, yeah, I, stayed, <laughs> I like Cam Newton. I like I like Cam Newton. I was pretty upset when they got rid of him, but um, it is what it is. Um, I feel bad for Cam because he was a great quarterback. He had potential to be, you know, one of the best. 
Uh, definitely like uh, like a Lamar Jackson, Mike Vick type game, but much stronger. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Matt Jones, he's pretty good, but I don't think we ever get another Tom Brady. That's uh, great with that. He doesn't really come too often. I know a lot of people are happy to retire. One of them. Absolutely. And that absolutely positively hates Tom Brady with a passion. He hates him. And when he retired, my dad was so happy. He was so happy. Speaking of your dad, speaking of your pop, <laughs> you didn't told me something, man, and I couldn't believe it, man. Pops, I'm yeah. sorry. If you watch this interview, man, I, I can't believe that you a fan of this team, man. But he's a Pittsburgh <laughs> Steelers fan. I'm sorry. And, and I, I, that word coming out of my mouth just don't seem right. You know what I mean? But him being a Steelers fan, I, I know he was mad when you found out that he he was you was a, a Patriots fan. I know he was just just no, like he was what? Devastated, man. He had me dressing in Steelers clothes when I was a baby and Cordell Stewart jerseys and like trying to get <laughs> me to wear Franco Harris jerseys and take pictures. And when I became a Patriots fan, my mom got me that Tom Brady jersey for Christmas. He was upset. <laughs> yeah, he was upset. And that's before that rivalry started with the Ravens. But my dad hates the Ravens. <laughs> he hates the Ravens. Because they always he, he he says this all the time and I can't wait for him to watch this. He's like, yo, the Ravens, they they play mediocre against every team. As soon as they play the Steelers, they play like it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> that Hey, we and we say the same thing about them Steelers fans. So pops, it feels it's the same feeling is down here. You know what I mean? We just come on over, pops, man. I don't, I don't know why you were still a fan, man. Just he would never, he would never change into a Ravens fan. He would never. He got a yo. If you walk in my house, my dad got a whole Hall of Fame hallway of Steelers gear. I'm talking about cards, <laughs> uh, football collector items, jerseys. He got a whole wall of just Steelers. Right. Everything. He's a diehard fan. He got the hats, the jerseys, the classic jerseys. Man. Nah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm not in your household, man. Even in his car, he got the, <laughs> the got the Steelers seats, the Steelers staring well, everything, man. Oh yeah, see, he he the most definitely he most definitely ain't gonna like me, man, because I got the <laughs> the Raven flags. You already see, I got my little Ravens little yeah, corner over here. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm I got my jerseys, I got the hat. My logo <laughs> was pretty much behind. You started off as yeah, uh, yeah, you know, the Ravens yeah, colors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a down yeah. hard. But um, I used to yo, I used to get nervous whenever we had to play the Ravens in the playoffs. Yo. It was always a hard fought game. We we got the best of y'all though in the playoffs, but y'all, y'all had Joe Flacco. That was definitely a, that was a tough team, man. Y'all had Ray Rice, mm-hmm. Ray Lewis last couple of years, like y'all had Suggs, man. Y'all had a good squad. We most definitely. I did you ever watch that thirty from thirty about us, the uh, Baltimore Bullies? No, nah, I didn't watch that yet. I heard about it. I do plan on watching. It was a dope documentary, man. I, you know, I understand you ain't a Ravens fan, but <laughs> I, I almost well, definitely I, check out that documentary, though. I like checking out things like that. Like, um, yo, honestly, one of my my favorite defensive players growing up 
Don't tell nobody. I told you every Hold on. Say that again. One of my favorite defensive players in the NFL was Reed, man. Like he was a dog. Listen, I don't. I never had beef with the Ravens. My dad is the one that beat with the Ravens. Nah, I just want. Was... I just want you to say it again, so when pops watch this interview, you know he can be like, "What oh, you just say?" <laughs> definitely, definitely, Troy Palomalo too. Shout out to Troy. He was definitely oh. an animal. Don't get me wrong. In between him and Ed Reed, man, I, I, I believe yeah. those two was like the best safeties during that time, man. Yeah, man. yo, you better, you better find out where he is. Because if you don't see him for a half a second, boom! <laughs> He's coming at you. He most definitely turned it on when he was playing against Carlson Palmer, his old roommate, boy. He was just taking yeah. pitch pick sticks to the house, man. Um, yeah. For the Patriots, this upcoming season, man, who do you – who you who you like in the draft? If you pay attention to the draft, or, or what position do you think that the Patriots most definitely need this upcoming season? I think we need some better wide receivers, and I think we need a better O line. Uh, I don't know, like like I said, every, it's it's really some big shoes to fill. You know, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback and arguably mm-hmm. the greatest NFL player all time, and just left the team. So like, yeah, you're not gonna get that. By the way, but um, we need better pass protection and we need some better targets to go to. Uh, Patriots ain't never known for having a superstar running back. I think Belichick is going to keep this traditional offense or you know, my pocket quarterback making plays to win games. So, uh, yeah, some better targets and in the O line, and we could definitely uh, make some wild card action. Aaron Rodgers just went to the Jets, so. It's gonna be hard, yo. That division is crazy, man. First of all, that division was crazy last year. Like <laughs> everybody was, everybody was like over five hundred. The Patriots was over five hundred in the third place. Then you right. got the Buccaneers under five hundred in first place. Right, like, but you know that division it didn't make sense. Yeah, the NFC East and the AFC East was the most difficult division. You got the Giants in the playoffs. You got the Cowboys, and you got the Eagles all in the playoffs. Three teams from one division made the playoffs. Right. Then you got our division. The Jets almost made the playoffs. The Dolphins made the playoffs. The Bills been getting better every year, and they're gonna keep getting better. So honestly, uh, we're just gonna have to be that 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 upset team and just try to win the like the division or try to win some outside games of the division that teams in the division lost to, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna have to grind it out. Um, I've accepted the fact that we have rebuilt the mode and it's going to take some time for us to be that playoff contender that we once was. So I'm not really, you know, worried about it. At the end of the day, like, I'm still a fan and I understand that we're not going to have any Super Bowl championship like, anytime soon. But we got six and we're talking the most of all time. So I'm cool with that. I can still talk my smack, you know what I'm saying? Because right. we got six of them. When you, when you talk about the Patriots, I'll be like, yo, but look at how many rings we got. I ain't ready. <laughs> I heard that. Speaking, you know, you know, of, of the winning days, do you think Bill Belichick winning days are over? Or do you think um he's going to make an adjustment and the Patriots will start winning underneath his belt? Or do you think it's time for him to retire? Move on. I think uh he got too much pride. I think he wants to make at least one more play for players before it's all seven games. And he he, he like he's a very competitive person. He's trying to beat the record. He's trying to be the, the greatest coach of all time. He's, <laughs> he's trying to build them out for me. 
Right. He, there, he definitely he definitely up there as one of the greatest coaches. But I think he's trying to solidify that. Okay. He, uh, definitely, like when it's all said and done, he might be the number one or top three best coaches in the NFL. Despite the scandals that you know they had cheating and all that, unfortunately, that definitely uh, didn't help him. I would just great bring that up. What about his cheating yeah. wins? <laughs> yeah, that definitely didn't help his career, but that doesn't take away uh, the fact that he's still a good coach, regardless of that. You know, he's still a good coach. He's still a mastermind behind uh, the science of, of football. Right. I wish right. he didn't do that because he still would have been the, one of the best of all time. I definitely hurt him a little bit, but uh, you know, the NFL has a way of covering up things, so. They'll still find his way to be a Right. All right, man. Before I wrap this up and let you go, man, let's let's talk about your nonprofit organization, man. Because what I've seen that, man, it I, I I think that's dope that you have that, man. Um let's let's get the people uh what it is and, and, and what made you start it. What's the name of the uh name uh of your nonprofit organization? Uh, the nonprofit is called Walk em Out and Our Shoes. Walk em Out the letter N our shoes. Uh, it's a 501c3. I uh, had a vision of, you know, just giving back to the community. Seeing a lot of homeless people go, I see a lot of poor people, you know, not having the resources they need for survival and just, you know, to keep pushing forward in life. You know, um, once I reach a certain level of success, my, my goal is to give back to the community and create an organization that brings people together to give back to the community. And that's why I started walking on our shoes. In uh, late 2018, early 2019, um, you know, I just started doing services all around Jersey. You know, just popping up doing service wasn't really organized. Just, I got some shoes. I was on campus. I was I was in college at the time mm-hmm. on campus. Yo, guys, I got I had a lot of friends in college. A lot of colleagues. A lot of people I knew. I got I got some. You know, uh, thing that I'm doing where I'm giving away shoes and clothes to people, that, you know, and you know, urban cities and you know, areas that have homeless people. I got any sneakers, I got any clothes, people were donating on campus, so I started on the college campus. And you know, um, I was able to uh, join a fraternity around that time and you know, connecting my fraternity brothers with the nonprofit organization, and it became uh, the national philanthropy of the organization. And we started building and progressing, and then I made it an official 501c3. And I have an amazing team that I built over the last couple of years that, you know, are on the ground running things and allowing me to pursue my professional basketball career while I orchestrate the community services through meetings, and, you know, and create the agendas for what the team does. And they just, you know, they're on the ground running things, moving things around, and, you know, uh, making sure the services are still going on in my absence. And I really appreciate that for that. Oh, man, that's what's up, man. That's real dope, man. Because like I said, when I, I seen that you had this, man, I was like, man, I, I really am inspired by you. You know what I mean? By you, you know, reaching out to the community for people is really needed, man. And, and I would like to be a part of it, honestly. I, w- I would like for my podcast to try to figure out, you know, a lane that how I can play a part in helping you and um in your organization also man so hopefully we can talk about this you know offline or something yeah, that nature, sure. man. honestly honestly like um you live in the baltimore area right mm-hmm. 
I could have my team and now I come out to Baltimore and do some community service with you, man. Like, we could definitely set that up. We love taking road trips and, you know, helping out the community. I'm pretty sure if I bring that up to my team and I'm meeting on Sunday, they would love to, you know, come to Baltimore and do some service. I'm pretty sure there's some, you know, homeless populated areas in Baltimore. I'm oh, sure. yeah. Most definitely yeah. that I, I believe that we, um, us as the people should try to help them out and, and give them the resources and the, the tools that they need. So, yeah, most definitely, man, we we got to most definitely chop that up offline, man, and, and make that happen, man. Because, like I yeah, said, that's uh, only like a two and a half, three hour trip. We could definitely make that trip happen. We done did services in Virginia, Utah, like Colorado. So, like, that's definitely not an issue to go to Baltimore. Yeah, that's a- my man right there. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm a man of my word, so, you know, I'm, I would definitely love to come to Baltimore. I got family that lives in Bowie in Maryland, so, you know, I don't know how, exactly how far that is from Baltimore, but it's um, only part like a 45-minute, you know, no, okay. no no more than an hour drive, you know what I mean? So that, yeah, that's, yeah. that's nothing. That is most definitely nothing. Yeah, we got to – we got to – we most definitely going – you hear that, people? <laughs> Dev and, and Eugene's most definitely get ready to bring his, his organization to Baltimore. So stay tuned for that. Stay hey, tuned. I can't wait. Ready for you, man. You got to let me know your size. You got to set that up for sure. I'm definitely down for that. Oh, yeah. But most definitely, I wear a size medium. You know what I mean? Uh, So you can most definitely start getting that in the works, man. Because, yeah, I'm trying to, trying to get that in motion, man. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, I, I'm most definitely trying to um have mtmo uh have a community uh service like that whether i can you know help the 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 less fortunate out i can bring um some basketball camps to some of these kids organizations you know stuff like that that is most definitely my plan um we're on the same type of time then because uh, i'm actually doing a basketball camp in jersey uh in july so oh let's talk um, about it then let's talk about it yeah um so um, I'm doing a basketball camp at my university. I'm still plugged in with my coach, and I'm still plugged in with the staff there. So mm-hmm. letting me get the gym for a whole day, and I'm doing an all-day camp, free for the kids, giving back to the community, giving out prizes, giving out you know shirts and stuff, and um, just teaching the kids the game of basketball, the fundamentals, and just letting them have fun with it. And um, you know, we do suggest donations for the nonprofit organization. So mm-hmm. uh, the, the camp is actually uh, hosted by Walker Mile our shoes. And just a way for us to get back to the community and get back to the kids, to the kids of the future. So we got to do that. Also, uh, there's not, there's another basketball camp in the works. Uh, we actually might be going to Nigeria to get a basketball camp there. Oh, that sounds dope. Yeah, and try to provide the, the kids in Nigeria with an opportunity to possibly get scholarships to come to America. So we want to bridge that gap. So like I said, like you having that type of vision, that's the same type of time I'm on. So let's do it, bro. Yeah, I most definitely, man. I, I most definitely, you know what I mean? It seems like you can guide me and, and put me in the right direction. So we're going to make this happen soon. Because like I said, I, I most definitely want to bring the same type of energy that you're bringing, you know, back to my community here in yeah. Baltimore. You know what I mean? So collab, yeah, man. At the end of the day, it's about the community. So like, we just gotta help make our community a better place. Yes, sir. Y'all, y'all didn't hear it. It's coming soon, Baltimore. Yes, me and my man Gray do it down. So let's tell the people. You know, before we wrap this up, let's tell the people your social media platforms, anywhere that they can reach you, man. Let's 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 have the people follow you. 
Yeah, so like my personal social media platform is I am Gene Campbell. Uh, I have TikTok, I have um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the same username. I am Gene Campbell. I keep it the same, same profile picture, so everybody knows me. Um, for Walk Around Our Shoes is Walk Around, the letter N, not I N, the letter N, Our Shoes. Uh, we have all social media platforms from Twitter to Instagram to Facebook to LinkedIn. And you can keep up with all of our, you know, upcoming calendar events. You can donate. You can um, reach out to us for collaboration to do future community services. We love to collaborate with other organizations and other people um, that want to help make the community a better place. So anybody that wants to collaborate with us, please shoot us a DM, shoot us an email at walkamonourshoes at gmail.com. And um, check out our social media page. We definitely love the content. We definitely love what we're doing to the community. Ah, man, that's right, man. People, I'm trying to tell y'all, follow this man, yo. He has a plan. And he's most definitely sticking to it. He has been grinding since day one. And he just told y'all his most definitely his inspirational story, man. So follow him, understand him. I guarantee you, just like how I, I am, he's a great guy, man. I, Gene, man, I appreciate you coming on this show, man. I, I really do from the bottom of my heart for you reaching out to me. You saying, like, look, I want to be on your show. We got to make this happen. And I, I greatly happen, appreciate man. it. Yeah. I, Greatly appreciate I appreciate you for having me, man. Definitely, uh, I love telling my story and I love inspiring and I love networking, uh, creating opportunities for myself and for other people to, so we can all grow together. That's the whole point, man. We just got to help each other grow. Yeah, 100, man. So, like I said, man, I appreciate you, man. And and most definitely, you're, anytime you're more than welcome to come back on my platform and chop it up, hopefully we we can connect real soon to, to start our project. Yeah, that's that, definitely going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll definitely so, like I said, man, I appreciate you, man. Of course, of course. All right, man, you have a good one, man. Get some rest, man. Keep balling out there. Keep grinding, man. And and, and keep you, doing man. your thing, man. I got you, man. All right, chop it up with you later, bro. All right, bro. Yes, sir. Yo, as y'all just see, I just had a dope episode with my man, Eugene Campbell, man. And and things are coming in the works, man. And and I can't wait to uh, have this going and, and to show y'all what it's all about, man. Like I said, follow this guy, man. He's a real dope guy, real dope person. So make sure y'all follow that. So as always, y'all already know, man, tell a friend who could be a friend who could possibly want to be your friend. To come follow this show, MTMO, baby, because I'm breaking down all the barriers, you feel me? Just make sure y'all come on the platforms and, and, and keep showing me the love. Subscribe, uh, share, like, all that. You know what I mean? You can always find me on YouTube. You can find me on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and the list goes on. You feel me? Make sure y'all check out my uh, social media platform. Make sure you go check out my Instagram at MTMO underscore sports podcast. It's going to give y'all what's going on in the sports world. It's going to give you what episode I'm on, little clips of my episode. Make sure y'all go follow my um, Facebook and my Twitter page at my THTS, my opinion. You feel me? It's going to give y'all the same thing as my Instagram. 
And also, y'all make sure y'all go follow my TikTok at MTMO underscore sports podcast. You feel me? While I'm sitting here shouting out, man, make sure y'all go follow the network that MTMO is on. The Grids, you feel me? That's spelled G-R-Y-D. Make sure y'all go follow the grid on all our social media platforms, you feel me? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Make sure you go follow because we got all the dope stuff that you need, you feel me, as far as in the sports world. You got your you got your MMA, you got your your uh Mets, you got your Jets, you got your um commanders, you got your all-around general sports. Just just make sure you check check us out, yo. It's a real dope network, you feel me? And little just a little drop a little puzzle, you feel me? A little secret, man. It's another show coming along on that on, on that grid network. <laughs> Can't wait to tell y'all what that is soon. You feel me? So make sure y'all just follow the grid, man. It's gonna give y'all everything that I'm this this is telling y'all about. Make sure y'all um go follow my favorite ladies, locked in sports. Lucky 13 is out right now. You know what I mean? Just keep on following them and watch them grow. Two dope young ladies drinking wine, talking sports, talking that ish. You feel me? Make sure you go check them out. Make sure you check out my man Raw Uncensored Network and Podcast. You feel me? My man always kicking kicking that ish. <laughs> you feel me? So make sure y'all go check him out. And as always, baby, check me out. <laughs>